about that time. It's Monday night here on Blog Talk Radio, and the stoop is back. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Next to me is my compadre. He's my wingman. He is the shark, Jeff Perini. What's going on, brother? T-G-I-M. Thank God it's Monday. We are back again. Another episode of the stoop. I'm home, man. A little bit of a little baby sunburn from uh, Virginia Beach. I'm home and ready to go. You are a lucky, lucky man because you get to go on vacation, then you get to come home and co-host one of the best and most popular podcasts on the internet today in the stoop, man. You must be just a happy guy. I'm beside myself. I get to, you know, that nice little vacation. I get to come home to the stoop. Diane Franklin tonight, one of my favorites, and uh, I even busted out a uh, very special beer, uh, Russian Rivers Consecration. Um, so a big beer for a big show and a big night, and uh, I'm excited. Consecration? Consecration. It is a, uh, a sour by Russian River. 10% Ugh. alcohol by... I'm, oh, amazing. I'm a sour guy. Ugh. I love it. I Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. You can keep that, man. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> Still better than vagina beer. All right, man. Well, anyway, as Jeff just said, tonight we're going to be joined by an awesome, awesome guest, and it's Diane Franklin. Yes, Monique herself from Better Off Dead will be joining us at the 8 o'clock hour here on The Stoop tonight, and we're going to talk to her a little bit about her career. We're going to ask her about a new movie she's in the middle of uh, about to start filming. We're going to ask her about the 80s, about some of those movies, and of course, we're going to ask her about the 80s in the sand event, which we just spoke to actress Deborah Foreman about a few weeks ago. But now we get to talk to Diane about this. It's an event that we're all stoked about here at the Stoop, and we all wish we could go for it. But unfortunately, it's too expensive for us. But it may not be expensive for you, so check it out, <laughs> 80s in the sand. Before we go any further, we got to send a huge, huge thank you out to our guest from this past Thursday, actor Peter Cambor from the Showtime series Roadies, as well as from NCIS Los Angeles and Grace and Frankie on Netflix for joining us. And, uh, man, we had a really great talk with Peter, huh, Jeff? Yeah, he's really good. Had a lot of good stories, uh, some funny stuff, uh, talking about the beard and the uh, character he's playing. Uh, a lot of fun. Guy that's been out there in a lot of different things. It's great having him on. Absolutely. It'll be great to have him back on in the near future so we can talk more seriously. We could have spoken to Peter for a long, long time Thursday night, but unfortunately, we're only a two-hour show, but that may change in the very near future. You never know. But tonight, like I said, Diane Franklin will be here at, at about the top of the hour at around 8 o'clock. She'll be joining us. Really looking forward to that. But because Diane Franklin's here and because she's a popular 80s babe, and yes, she's still <laughs> a babe today, we have to go with our top five in tribute. And we're going to go with our top five favorite 80s character crushes. This is not the actress. It is the character that she played in a movie and or TV show. And it was the ones that you grew up on and said, wow, I want a girl like that. And that's what we're going to do tonight. And tonight we're going to do it a little bit differently. So what we're going to do right now is you're going to kick it off, my friend. All right. So uh, we're doing a little different. Uh, we're going to do uh, your top five and a couple of honorable mentions at the end. Girls that just didn't quite make the cut because we love our 80s babes. Number five, I've got the tie. Usual <laughs> tie. It is um, one's kind of surprising and one is right out there. Number five, Daisy Duke. Played by Catherine Bach on the Dukes of Hazard. I mean, just amazing. Southern girl, kind of tough, totally sexy, just 
just an awesome chick, man. Love Daisy Duke. Um, tied with, and here's a little surprise, Christine Sullivan, Marky Post from Light Court. Um, wow. Little, I like that. But you know what? She was sexy. She had such a body on her, and the character was great, and she played it you know, kind of tough and a woman in a big position and uh, fun. Great, great show, too. Love. Yeah, great show. Loves her in it. Once she got on it, the show skyrocketed. I love it. Uh, number four, you know, I, I hate to be a kiss-up, but number four is Monique Junot, Diane Franklin, Better Off Dead. Little French exchange student, adorable, a girl across the way. I used to love, uh, you know, watching her fix the car, and she was throwing the snowballs at the stop sign, and really cool, man, adorable. Couldn't help but love that character. Uh, number three, a former guest here on the stoop. Number three is Jenny Gordon, played by Nancy Vallon and Loverboy Patrick Dempsey. Loved Jenny Gordon, the ideal girlfriend, man. Loved her, loved Nancy Vallon. That's number three. Number two, pretty easy one here, number two, Linda Barrett. Played by Phoebe Cates in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, <laughs> every guy, every guy wanted a date with Linda Barrett. Man, it was just she was uh, naughty. She was hot. Seen her in the pool, getting naked. It was fantastic, man. She's number two, number one. Huge number one for me. Maybe a little surprising to some. Maybe some don't remember. Lainey Diamond, played by uh, Meredith Salinger in Dream a Little Dream. Yeah. Oh, the ultimate girlfriend, man. Adorable, a great body, a beautiful face. Her personality was sweet. She was just that girl for me in the 80s. Still this day, I was just perusing through uh, some pictures and, and looking at her. And fantastic, man. That, that to me, is number one. It's Meredith Salinger. Uh, just awesome. Uh, Lainey Diamond. Loved it. Yeah, that, that that's a good one. That's a real good one. Thank you. You want to give us your uh, honorable mentions? Yeah, we'll do my honorable mentions because I had two that just missed the cut. Uh, Stacy Sheridan, played by Heather Locklear and T.J. Hooker. Uh, the only reason it's an honorable mention is because too much police uniform, too much uh, secure clothing and hair tie up there. <laughs> cop, man. I always wanted Stacy Sheridan to pull me over and uh, read me my rights. And um, another obscure one, but one I loved. Uh, you know, a couple weeks ago you said we had Deborah Foreman on here. I'm going Valley Girl, but I'm going with the character Lauren was played by E.G. Daly, the blonde. She was sexy, um, short little thing, had the squeaky little voice. I loved her, man. I always just loved her stuff. And uh, had a couple honorable mentions. Missed the cut. That's my uh, tops for tonight. Very, very, very nice. Good list, man. Good list, my friend. And I'm going to go now with my top five, and I have a tie at number five. And number five, Jamie Powell, Nicole Eggert from Charles in Charge. There was something always about Nicole Eggert uh, in Charles in Charge as she got older that I just absolutely love. Uh, number five, there's two characters here. Lucia from Moscow and the Hudson, Amber from The Running Man. It's Maria Conchita Alonso. I just thought oh, she was just dynamite in the 80s. Um, just just phenomenal. Number four, you and me tie here, Monique Jeannot, our guest tonight, Diane Franklin from the movie Better Off Dead. Seriously, who didn't want a French foreign exchange student because of the way Diane played this role in Better Off Dead? Uh, just just awesome, just classy, sexy, and where's Monique today? Um, number three, Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Mia Sarah. There was just something about Mia Sarah, man, that that did it for me in the 80s, um, and especially the way she played Sloane Peterson. Uh, great stuff there. Number two, Denise from just one of the guys, Tony Hudson. And the yeah. great thing about it is I got to talk to Tony Hudson 
a few months back, and I got to tell her that she was my 80s dynamite crush, um, which I thought she was until I started thinking about tonight's list, and I realized as much as I love Tony Hudson, there was somebody I loved even more. You ready for this? Two characters from the same actress, Carla from Vision Quest and Sasha from Gotcha, Linda Fiorentino. Whoa, that's a blowaway. That's a shocker. A good one. Yes, I was going for the shock here, and I remembered, man, you know what? Carla from Vision Quest was always just so – it was that older woman, you know? And you and, and you put yourself in his shoes, and, and that was – and then, of course, Sasha from Gotcha. Yes, the accent wasn't great, but it was still sexy, and Linda Fiorentino did it great. My honorable mentions are uh, Sam from Who's the Boss, Alyssa Milano. As she got older, of course, Alyssa Milano just yeah. turned into uh, uh, a sex pistol. And uh, my second one, Jordan from Private School, Betsy Russell, 50 oh, years old today and just as gorgeous today as she was in the 80s. I had that on my list. I need an honorable mention. She was on my list. I'm like, you know what? I just don't think anybody's going to get it. I didn't think you would get it. And I love her. I've seen that movie a thousand times. Times. Oh, great movie. It's oh an amazing movie. All the movies we have listed here tonight were absolutely phenomenal. So let's go through Jeff's top five real quick. Uh, tie at number five, Daisy Duke, Catherine Bach from Dukes of Hazard. Marky Post playing Christine Sullivan in Night Court. Uh, of course, Diane Franklin uh, playing Manute Juneau in Better Off Dead. Number three, former guest, good friend of our show here, Nancy Vallon playing Jenny Gordon in the movie Lover Boy. Uh, number two, Phoebe Cates playing Linda Barrett in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And number one, which I absolutely love, had her on my list, but uh, she just didn't quite make the cut. But as gorgeous as it was, uh, Lainey Diamond played by Meredith Salinger in Dream a Little Dream. And Jeff's honorable mentions, Heather Locklear, Stacey Sheridan, T.J. Hooker, and Lauren from Valley Girl actress E.G. Daly. Absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal list from Jeff here. And then my top five. With a tie at number five, Jamie Powell from Charles in Charge, played by Nicole Eggert. Lucia from Moscow and Hudson, and Amber from The Running Man, played by the gorgeous Maria Conchita Alonso. She was so sexy in the 80s. Number four, Monique, better off dead. Diane Franklin will be here at 8 o'clock in just a little bit with us. Number three, Mia Sarah, playing Sloane Peterson from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and I guarantee you ask any guy, she's going to be in their top five. Uh, Number two, Tony Hudson. The sexy Tony Hudson playing Denise from Just One of the Guys. And number one, my favorite, Linda Fiorentino playing Carla from Vision Quest and Sasha from Gotcha. And Linda Fiorentino, if you're listening tonight, we'd love to have you on. And my honorable mentions is Jordan from Private School played by the gorgeous and still just phenomenally beautiful Betsy Russell and Alyssa Milano who played Sam on Who's the Boss. I love these top five lists, man. It, it really makes you think, and it brings back so many great memories, and it brings back a lot of different musicians, actors, actresses, movies, TV shows, whatever, that we haven't really thought of in a long time, Jeff. True. And um, when we uh, discussed the list, and I knew tonight's was going to be it, and um, also, man, it, like, it clicked. I'm like, goddamn, Meredith Salinger is getting my props because I just, that was my <laughs> 80s growing I, I said I found her on Facebook and uh, looking at some pictures online. She's just oh, such a beautiful, just amazing uh, actress and, and girl. She was great. Loved her in the 80s. But I loved everybody. Uh, everybody on my list. Everybody on your list. She had a great list also. And it's so much fun to do. And like I said, reminisce. And, you know, my fiance saw the list and she's like, hmm, a lot of female names there. But, you know, I'm, I'm human. Yeah. 
They're human. Awesome stuff, man. <laughs> All right, man. Like I said, just a little bit, we're going to be joined by our guest, Diane Franklin. You better know her as Monique Junot from Better Off Dead and lots of other films like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I don't think she gets enough props for being in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's how I feel. She was Princess Joanna. She was the first Princess Joanna in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I don't think she gets enough play for that. I don't think she gets enough play for her appearance on Charles and Charles as Anna. I don't think she gets enough play for The Last American Virgin as Karen as well. I think what she's known for, if you ask anybody about her, a lot of people go to her role as Monique Juneau in Better Off Dead. That's how I feel. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she's yeah. good. She's great in everything she does, too. So, um, needs that, that you know, needs us to just keep pushing. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. knows. Well, yeah, I can get on stage. Well, we're going to talk to her about that. I'm actually going to ask her about that uh, when she joins us in just a little bit. So let's get to uh, some points of discussion here tonight on The Stoop. Got to bring this up, man. Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza. Jeff, you ready for this? They're now Baseball Hall of Famers, guys that we watched their entire careers, man. They're now Baseball Hall of Famers. Now, let me ask you this question. Is this the most perfect class going into the Baseball Hall of Fame because I honestly love this class. Ken Griffey Jr., Mike Piazza, nobody more deserving this year. Absolutely. Um, and you said it, it makes me feel a little old, but uh, <laughs> Junior, was, Junior was something else. And I know in the uh, during his career, me and uh, my good buddy CJ would battle back and forth because he was a Griffey guy through and through. I was a Frank Thomas guy. I loved Frank Thomas. The two of them kind of fed off each other. But you can't deny Griffey's talent and skill. Piazza, as far as a catcher, one of the greatest to ever play the game. Maybe not so much for defense. Yeah, he played good defense. His bat was incredible. And uh, two outstanding ball players and perfectly fit. And uh, just a great Hall of Fame weekend. Two guys, like you said, that perfectly describe what a Hall of Famer should be. Yeah, absolutely amazing, man. Boy, Mike Piazza deserves it. Ken Griffey Jr. deserves it. And the great part about this is during their speech, Ken Griffey Jr. flipping the cat backwards, man. And he looked yeah. like he was 19 years old again, which was pretty cool. He looks like he still get out there and crank some. He really does. You know what? It, it really blows my mind that he could have been a New York Met. He turned down a trade to the Mets. And I think that probably could have really put the Mets over the hump in those late 90s, especially that 2000 World Series. But, man, what a phenomenal player Ken Griffey Jr. was, even after his injuries, man. Even when he went to Cincinnati, after he really just shattered his wrist, and he had that leg injury. He he yeah. he really was still a special player, man. And, that, and it goes to show you, man, that was just pure talent on his end, man. Sure. Uh, maybe just uh, maybe just not a big city guy. I mean, he was in Seattle, a small town, and uh, a small town by baseball standards, I should say. Um, and he had success there. And then over to Cincinnati, I guess more or less because of his dad. So uh, no Yankees, uh, no Mets, no Red Sox. You know, a uh, smaller market team guy, and that's admirable. Meanwhile, Piazza yeah. was uh, Mr. Flash, you know, New York and, and L.A. and uh, So, contrast in personalities, but uh, both outstanding ballplayers. Yeah. And seriously, man, you look back at those Mariners teams, man, with uh, Griffey and Tino Martinez and Edgar Martinez and uh, Jay Buhner, man. I, I mean, it, it, was such a, it was such a good roster, man. It was amazing, man, those playoff battles with them and the New York Yankees in, in the mid-'90s there. And uh, it was a shame that they couldn't crank one out at Seattle. But going to the Mets now, I have to say, I'm proud to be a Mike Piazza fan. 
I am proud to be a New York Mets fan. I am proud that Mike Piazza is in the Hall of Fame wearing a Mets hat. And it made me think to when Gary Carter went in and how badly he wanted to wear a Mets hat, and they put the Expos hat on him and he wasn't happy. It would have been great to have two catchers, man, have their day in the Baseball Hall of Fame wearing the cap of the team that they both love. Mike Piazza gets to do, and unfortunately uh, the late, great Gary Carter never got to do it. But, man, what a great thing. And i got to give a shout-out to my good friend Tanya Mercado from cityfieldofdreams.com. Great blog about the New York Mets. She was invited to be there, and she got to experience it firsthand. And the videos and the pictures she put up, especially getting the chance to meet Mike Piazza on such a great platform. Man, how awesome would it have been to be there, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. I would have loved it. One of these years I want to get down. And – Getting back to Piazza again, showing your age, and I think I might have mentioned this on the show before. Piazza's family, we were both kids, about the same age, um, sat right behind each other at the Veterans Stadium, Philly. Piazza was a youngster, and uh, we had tickets on the third base side in the box, and uh, we were about six rows back. I think Piazza and family were about three rows back. So I uh, knew Mike as a little kid, and that makes you feel old now when you realize he's in the whole thing. Yeah. It's amazing that you got to think that, hey, you know what? I knew – or kind of still know a Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. That's yeah, got to be pretty cool. cool to think of. Yeah, right? Awesome. Yeah, I think awesome. back, I mean, it's, it's, you know, somehow he always got the inside scoop on autographs and all that. And I always wondered how, but, you know. Yeah. All right, man. Sticking with baseball. We got we to gotta, we gotta talk about this because this was a wacky story, man, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Chris Sale, pitcher for the Chicago White Sox, uh, suspended five days after taking a scissors and cutting up his throwback uni. Um, let me ask you this, because this is something that always that always bothered me in Major League Baseball. You suspend a pitcher for five days. Now, if you suspend a position player for five days, that's five games. In five right. days, that could be a pitcher, maybe one game, maybe no games. Would it be fair to suspend him for five games instead of five days, since a position player would have to miss five games if they did five days? It would be very fair, but impossible to imagine. Um, now, Chris Sale has spoken out a couple times in the White Sox. Remember, earlier in the year, we discussed the um, the dugout situation with Adam LaRoche. Um, so, Sale's got a lot to say, and he's getting to be the kind of player that can because he's an outstanding pitcher, um, one of the best lefties in the modern game. And, um, you know, I'm starting to hear it that trade rumors are coming about and lack of respect for the White Sox organization. That could be it. And, you know, let's sail, say and do what he wants. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not, they're not going to suspend him all them games. They'll suspend him one game. He'll miss one start because they don't want to mess with him. If they decide to keep him around, they need him to be happy. And, obviously, mm-hmm. he's not, and he hasn't been all season. But uh, a fantastic left-hander. Maybe this is his ticket out. Maybe he wants out, and uh, maybe he'll find a contender. Maybe go across the, uh, across the street there to uh, Wrigley. Pitch with the Sox, well, who uh, made, made a great pickup today. I mean, the Cubs, rather. Sorry. Uh, pick I up, was going to uh, say, yes. Yeah. Speaking of the Cubs, what do you think of that deal between the Cubs and the Yankees with the Cubs landing Aroldis Chapman from the Yanks? It's massive. That's massive for the Cubs. Um, you know, Chapman, uh, it was a good idea to bring him to the Yankees, but uh, they're just not competing. And uh, time to get him out of town and get what you can for him, i got to tell you. The, the Cubs are making a move this year. That is a monster move. I love it. I'm a Chapman guy. I know a lot of people aren't. I think the guy just has 
an incredible arm, and that's going to help them big time. It's a great pickup. We'll see, man. The uh, MLB trade deadline is just around the corner, so we are going to get a lot, a lot of chatter, a lot of rumors on the next few uh, Stoop radio programs here, man. So great stuff. Let's uh, flip it over, man. San Diego Comic-Con was this week, man. Now, let me ask you, this is a, a, a complete nerd's paradise. The, the, the Marvel announcements, the DC announcements. Uh, our good friend Dominic Pace, former guest here, was uh, signing autographs at uh, SDCC and put up some amazing photos of all the great uniforms from uh, Star Wars Rogue One that's coming out at the end of the year and all these great, great props and artifacts from uh, the original Star Wars movies and the last one, The Force Awakens. Let me ask you. How badly would you want to go to San Diego Comic? Because this is something that I've always wanted to do, and it's like one of those things that has to be on your bucket list, man. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to get to one. And uh, as I, I noticed uh, Dominic there, and that's very cool. Guy's a great actor, and um, it's just some of the things you, you see and experience there have got to be amazing. I, I just want to do this one time, at least one time. Yeah, it, it's it's a, a phenomenal. Listen. I got to say, I loved all the Marvel. You know me, I'm a huge Marvel guy. I love that they released the Iron Fist trailer for Netflix, the Luke Cage trailer, the little Defenders teaser. I absolutely love, 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 love the teaser for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo burns up and you see Ghost Rider's head, meaning Ghost Rider's going to be on season four of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. But I got to say, the phenomenally beautiful, the phenomenally talented Brie Larson as Captain Marvel Yes. Marvel just nails it every time, bro. Uh, this um, this poster, this picture I posted here for uh, Infinity War. Have you seen this thing? Have you seen yes, this? Yes, I did see that today. Yes. Lineup that they're going to try and put out, and one movie is just absolutely insane. And no, that, two, that movies. two movies. Yes, right. <laughs> one and two, right? But still, just insane. The list of actors on this is, is just insane. Yeah. I can't grab that picture right off the bat because I would love to read off those names right now. But seriously, I don't think – I think the last movie that had that amount of talent in it would probably be Cannonball Run. I could fire it off, some of them off. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Rudd, Angeline Lilly, Bradley Paul Cooper, Bettany. Vin Diesel. I'm sorry? Paul, Paul Bettany, Bettany yep. and Josh Brolin. Yeah, Chris Pratt, um, Samuel oh, Jackson. I just found it. All right, so let's go through yeah. this real quick because we have to we, we, we have to name these names. It's amazing. Chris Evans, Josh Brolin, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Jeremy Renner, Paul Bettany, Elizabeth Olsen, Samuel Jackson, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Heidelstein, Anthony Mackie, uh, Don Cheadle. Don't know if he's going to be it or not because I heard he kind of died. But anyway, uh, Kobe Smulders, uh, Hallie Atwell is probably going to be in it. Uh, there's just uh, James. I don't know. If I, I see James Spader in it. That's kind of weird. But just uh, Idris Elba, possibly. Uh, who, who knows? Uh, what was that? Kurt Russell is on the list. Yeah, see, I don't know if he's going to be in it or not, man. It, it, now, was, was that an official picture that was leaked out that Marvel – put out from comic-con that is what it's reading as and that's where i found it so i, I really i'm gonna go with it i don't know how legit yeah, it is but it looks it. amazing i mean you know yeah 
It's listen, man. I, I gotta say, I'm I'm stoked that they came out and said Kurt Russell, who's Star Lord's father in the next Guardians of the Galaxy, is playing Ego, Ego the Living Planet. Blew me away. I can't wait for it. And also, Sylvester Stallone being in Guardians of the Galaxy too. Tango and Cash are back together, dude. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it a lot. Um, you know, the bottom of this one, Glenn Close as Nova Prime, Michael Douglas as Hank Pym. Yep. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's it's an amazing, amazing, amazing two-parter if it goes down. Hold on one second. We're, we're, I'm just in the middle of talking to our guest, uh, Diane Franklin. She's going to be uh, calling us in just a minute. I'm just okay. making sure I don't mess up and <laughs> give her the wrong phone number. And she'll be joining us in just a minute or two, possibly. But then we'll get back into some other things in a little bit here on the stoop, which I'm going to throw this question at you, but I want you to think about this now, Jeff. What movie or television show would we like to see make a comeback? So you think about that, and then we're going to get to that answer in just a little bit. But joining us right now is our very special guest actress, Diane Franklin. Diane, how you doing? Hey, I am awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Thank you so much for being on. We are are thrilled to have you on here. And I know know, we got to get rid of you real quick because you got some things to do. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, I'm not going to speak out. I have to tell you, (laughs) I am actually standing in the middle of an open field um, in Boston, Massachusetts, about to uh, hear my son play uh, at Tanglewood. So (laughs) it's kind of hilarious. That is is so awesome. But I am excited to, that we could, you know, fit this in, which is fabulous. It's so exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first question we have for you, because a lot of your fans want to know, and a lot of people that haven't seen you in quite a while, what's going on with Diane Franklin today? Oh, my gosh. All right. I will tell you, but I will tell you like Monique Jeunet. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, what is going on? Um, amazing things. I am so fortunate. Um, if you told me uh, back in the day of Better Off Dead that, that things would be happening as they are, I would never have believed you. Um, mm. I am. Uh, I have a book out on Amazon that's already been out uh, for a while, um, yeah. and I'm writing another book that should be out next month, which is um, it's a big surprise, but at least you guys will know about it. So if anybody is interested, uh, find out what it is or when, what's going on. Um, go to Twitter, uh, Diane Franklin 80 on Twitter, and then you mm-hmm. can just, you know, so we could stay in touch. But um, I have another book, um, but the first book is out, and uh, that talks about my life, uh, how I became an 80s actress, how I even started, how, how do you come from having no connections to starring in a film, and, and like the wonderful experiences I've had, and modeling, and commercials, and theater, and soap opera, and film, and um, this wonderful dance of being an entertainer and an actress and, and singing at Dodger Stadium, uh, Dead Jail Stadium, like Monique mm. Jeunet, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> incredible. I sang the national anthem in like 2004 and just in, in just a wonderful experience. And, um, and I'm also doing a film right now called a, a, a Waking Nightmare, which will be coming out in 2014. And um, I've just been offered another film, which I don't know if they're, I'm, they're still waiting, so I can't say what the name of it is. So maybe mm-hmm. film work will be coming. Um, but I'm also doing conventions, and I just did one in Virginia where I did a signing mm-hmm. convention, and one I have one in um, 
Louisiana coming up in October, Louisiana Comic-Con. Uh, and the great thing about the conventions and the signing conventions for me is that I get to go back in time with everybody and go over the old films. And, um, you know, they were just – I was so fortunate to be in such great, memorable, fun 80s films. You know, just mm. Better Off Dead, La- Last American Virgin, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, Terror Vision. I mean, it, it, Amityville Part Two. even movies that, like, I would never have thought perhaps would be – would come out or like you even remembered. So yeah. um, as an 80s act, like I look at it and I refer to myself as an 80s actress or an 80s babe because mm. to me, like that's how people will, re- you know, will who grew up during that time, they'll remember me as that, uh, as that Absolutely. person. But that's not to say that I won't be working now. It just means yeah. it's something that it brings back, I don't know, to me, um, it could like, you know, I don't know, like, to me, when I was a teenager and I had crushes on people or I liked, you know, the things they did, that's special, you know, so yeah. that stays with yeah. you. And so I feel like um, I just, I don't take that for granted, you know, that people mm. want to come and they want to talk about these films and, uh, you know, so it's, I feel, re- I'm really just really fortunate. Again, like, the movies I did were sort of quirky and cult films, and I, I did a television as well, but I am so grateful yes. that people remember me from fun, upbeat films, because that's kind of my, that's like my personality. I'm upbeat, so I'm happy about it. Yeah. What movies well, do you like? Did you, did, do you ever see any of my movies? Do you remember oh, we, anything? We, I, I, I remember you on Charles in Charge. I remember you on Encyclopedia <gasps> Brown. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my so God. Funny. Well, yeah. Right? With Sabbath yeah. Steve Holland as, Yeah. We're both geeking out here because we're big fans of yours. We grew oh. up in the 80s. We're 80s kids, so as soon as we could get you on, we, we were excited. We were ecstatic. Yay! And, that, and, that, and that's one thing I always wanted to ask you because when we talk to certain people, we say, oh, this is who's going to be on our radio show. And we said mm-hmm. your name. They said, who is that again? And then we said, you know, from Last American Virgin, she played Karen. Yeah, I don't, I don't really remember that movie. Well, she was right? the first Princess Joanna in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I, I can't picture her. Well, she was Monique right? and Better Off Dead. Oh, my God, yes, we know her. So that's what I wanted to ask you was, what's it like to be remembered as mostly Monique over Monique? everything else from something that happened over oh. 30 years ago? Okay, okay, so here's, here's this, is, this is so great. I'm, I'm glad you're asking this question. Um, yeah. You know, when I have a, a Facebook site, and, like, I, I ask people, you know, what do you, do you think I'll be remembered for? And it's actually, it was so interesting because 50% of them said Better Off Dead, and the other 50% said Last American Virgin. Wow. And I was, what it made me realize was I'm, I'm, it sort of one seems more comedy, and the other is a little bit more dramatic, the role. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Or one remembers me as a as a nice girl, and the other <laughs> remembers me as a biatch. I don't know. Like, so I get that, too. Like, you know, okay, I get remembered in both ways. Um, but uh, what I, I love, you know, I just, I love the role of Monique. And, in fact, in my new book, one of the things I'm talking about, okay, I'm going to tell you, like, the basic of the new book, but I don't, I'm not giving you the title yet. Um, okay. <laughs> I actually, I was the girl who kick-started the curly hair phase of the 80s. Mm-hmm. I, All right. I was the one, because what happened was I was in the business for so long before, I, I experienced it. I, made, I saw it happen. And it, like, it was a complete fluke that the whole thing happened. But after I hit, curly hair was seen as beautiful. And it hit, like, all of a sudden there were all these other, you know, um, 
all these like actresses who suddenly decided to wear curly hair. I, I mean, even you know, Meryl Streep had curly hair. Like I mean, like like every actress suddenly went crazy and everyone was getting perms. So the thing that I remember is what was so nice about playing Monique is that now we had like we had you know Karen with this long curly hair and now we have Monique with this short curly hair and it was considered beautiful and cute and so this was not a given and so to me um, I just I just am so honored that people still today love these films and then they'll pass it on to their kids. I think that's to me like better off dead's advantage is maybe, I don't know if everyone will pass last American Virgin on to their kids, but um, (laughs) maybe, maybe it's a rite of passage for boys. I don't know. (laughs) Kind of like if you have not seen the movie, you should, because you'll understand what I'm talking about. So um, it's sort of like, to me it was sex education for guys. It's like, I'm going to watch this movie and learn about sex and love. So, um, but better off dead, uh, you know, girls are learning about that. They don't, like even they can be feminine and they can fix a car and they can be, you know, they can, they have a strong spirit and they can be interested. They can ski, they can be athletic and they can, they, it, they can be just have, they can have interests. And, um, I just, that character, uh, character, um, sometimes they were really played by tomboys, like characters that could, would like actually be interested in things. And what I loved about that character, Monique, was that she could be feminine, but she could also go after, you know, what she wanted. And she didn't need a guy to, she didn't, she wasn't codependent, you know, as a girl. Mm -hmm. She was like, Mm -hmm. she loved Lane. She really, really liked him, but she wasn't going to come from a place where she needed him. And I think that is something, you know, good to role model. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'd have to say all my characters, I have to say I'm probably the most like Monique in, in my personality, except I don't believe exist. So that is the difference. So. <laughs> well, now let me ask you this. Doing conventions and seeing some of your fans, how many times do people ask you to talk that I'm like Monique? Oh, you know what? They don't even have to. I just break out into accents. In fact, <laughs> in fact, this is really funny. I actually own the coat from Better Off Dead. So when I go to conventions, I make people wear it. Like I say, here's the deal. You have, you're here. This is a once-in-a-lifetime moment. You've got to put the coat on. And oh, that is awesome. Like with me, right? That's awesome. So, but then I had a great idea at this last convention. I thought, I think what I'm going to do is, is – I mean, I have this book coming out, and that's and that's cool. But I, I'm in the very near future. I'm going to make a better off dead coat book, and have all the people who've ever worn the coat in this book. That is I cool. I mean, how fun! That, because it would unite everyone, like with that film. I mean, it, it just occurred to me how cool that would be. So, if you've Absolutely. got a better off dead coat, if you have a picture with wearing that coat, put it. Uh, send it to me on um, Twitter. Uh, Diane Franklin 80 and then um, I'll start collecting the photos and we'll we'll do a cool book right <laughs> that is so oh, cool oh, I, have, I have one more thing to tell you because this Shoot. is amazing so I have always wanted to meet Deborah Foreman always she I loved her in Valley Girl I thought she was another actress who had this cute like upbeat sweet um, per, you know character that she played in Valley Girl and I yeah, always wanted to meet her, her. So, right yeah right so So what happened was, but I've never been able to meet her. For one reason or another, it's been always tricky. So, I mean, someone even created a website, like a a Facebook account on the two of us, like that we're friends, and I've talked to her. So anyway, she got involved with doing this uh, thing called 80s in the Sand. So I, I, like, friended her on Facebook, and I said, 
um, hey, listen, you know, I'm interested. If you guys are doing something and involves the 80s, I'd love to do it because I, I, I love anything that involves the 80s. So she contacted me and she said, I'm going to hook you up with the guy who's doing this. And he, he contacted me and I'm doing it. So what it is is we are actually going to meet for the first time in the Dominican Republic in November so 2017 cool. in uh, 80s in the Sand. So if you are interested in having an amazing weekend, you can meet Deborah and I, the last American virgin or the French exchange student meets the Valley Girl um, in this beautiful beach uh, vacation. It's like a week in November, I think, and there's going to be all these 80s bands, and it's just going to be so fun, you know? Bring your yeah. oh, hair and 80s clothes and just <laughs> party with us, you know? Yeah, we so. we just had Deborah on with us, and we were talking about 80s in the sand, and oh, it, wow. it sounds phenomenal. So how pumped are you that you're going to be a part of this thing where you're going to be hanging out with not only Deborah, but, uh, you know, Loverboy and Stacey Q oh. and all these phenomenal bands from the 80s? Are, are, is, is this going to be I like mean, reliving the youth? And downtown Julie Brown, too. Like, I mean, I yes. just think, yeah. oh, you know, it's, what I think is great is that they're creating, they're going to a, a, a distant location where they can actually recreate the 80s and that you can be walking around and feel like it was, like it was back then during that time because everyone will be sort of dressed like that and they'll be sort of in that upbeat mode and the so music cool. will kind of get you to feel that. I mean, I think if, you, if you're an 80s fan but you, weren't, you didn't grow up in the 80s, this is a great opportunity to go back in time to me mm. like i can see it happening so i'm going to bring i'm sure i'll bring my better off dead coat so then you can wear it and we can take details and uh um <laughs> and i'll have my book and so it, it'll just be really fun we'll bring pictures and all that stuff but um amazing just such such great experiences and also just on the on the side of this um my daughter is a filmmaker and so some of the other things i've been doing is i've been acting in the things that she does so her name is olivia de laurentis Uh, so if you go on youtube and you put olivia de laurentis you will see a huge range of of things and she uh because i love better off dead and i was into that comedy i kind Mm -hmm. of said you know comedy is really good and so she does comedy that's her thing so and she looks like me she's She's like awesome and beautiful. I like not that I would think I'm beautiful, but it was like, oh my gosh, Olivia, you know, just so cute. So um, anyway, that's just a tidbit for those who don't know that my daughter is. She writes, directs, acts, and edits her her work. That's and, awesome. Uh, she's hilarious. So well, we'll definitely check anyway. that out. Absolutely, no question Good. about that. So before we let you go, I got to ask you this because I love asking a question like this. Now, is there a role that either? Somewhat recently or in the 80s that you didn't get that no one really knows about, but you wish you'd really gotten? Oh, yes. Okay. So there's a lot of, (laughs) you know, in fact, that's another thing. Like, I was looking back at all these things for my book, and I realized, oh, my gosh, there's so many movies that I was up for. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember, like, like, for instance, I was up for Terminator. And, like, I didn't even realize I got a call back, and I'm thinking, Terminator, that would have been such an amazing experience to be in that film, you know? Um, I mean, at the time, I, you, know, you know, you don't know what it's about until it comes out, and then you go, oh, that's what that became. Um, and then I was, I was actually very close to getting um, Karate Kid. It was between, uh, like, it was, like, maybe between me, another girl, and, and Lisa, Elizabeth Shue, um, yes. which I really would have liked to have gotten as well. But wow. I, that was, I mean, just that, that would have been fun. 
but the role that I really wanted, but actually I'm so glad I didn't get because if I had gotten this role, I wouldn't have done Better Off Dead, which I'm sorry, but Better Off Dead's the best, okay? Um, <laughs> it's Amadeus. I, I was up for the role of uh, Costanza in uh, Amadeus. Oh, that is so cool. And, and we, I, they flew me to Czechoslovakia, and I screen tested, and I mean, seriously, it was in costume, and it was whoever got the role would have stayed there, and that audition was completely nerve-wracking, but it was the most um, amazing experience of my life as far as mm-hmm. auditioning. Um, that is so cool. At the cool. same time, it was amazing, and everyone was super nice, and Elizabeth was really nice. Everyone, the direct Milos Forman was great, and Paul mm-hmm. Vance was great, um, uh, but there was, um, but if I had done that film, I would have been doing more dramas, and I'm so glad that it all worked out because I I love doing comedies and um, it, it allowed me to just stretch. I mean, even like uh, Terror Vision, I got to play a punk rocker, and that's something that I would not normally be cast in. But for some reason, when people started seeing me do Better Off Dead, then they saw that I can do comedy or have a lightness to me. I they were like, okay, let's do that. So, yeah, that was a, a huge that's so um, cool. like experience. Oh my gosh! So. Anyway, that was that was crazy. But now again, like I'm doing this this movie called um, Waking Nightmare, and it's I I've always like I really want to do um, I want to do like I like horror, but I also like sci-fi too. Um, I would love to get on a TV show that had sci-fi or horror, like even like Game of Thrones, like just like oh my gosh, like just such, oh yeah, like I juicy kind of like cool parts. Um, so we'll see in the future. But but Waking Nightmare um, is about a girl, my daughter, who's played by Shelley Regner, and she uh, sleepwalks, and uh, in her sleepwalking, she murders people. And I play her mom, and, but usually like on, you know, horror things, or as you get older, sometimes, oh, there's the token mom scene. But in yeah. this one, I'm an integral part of the story, and it is so scary. It's a thriller, but it's got twists and turns in the plot. And I couldn't put it down. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, so that's why I took the role. So um, I, it's like fun doing some more dramatic stuff as well now. So we'll see yeah. what, um, what the future brings, but at least um, I've got some exciting things coming up. That is so cool. Well, Diane, listen, I um, will let you go because you got to go watch your son. We're not going to take you away I know. from that. I <laughs> know. He's, he's getting, he's warming up with his instrument. So, um, but, uh, hey, thank you so much for having me on the show. I really oh, appreciate thanks. it. I was so excited to do it. Um, and call me anytime. If you want to continue, we'll do it another time. Um, set up Absolutely. another time to, to talk. But Absolutely. you're awesome. Love that. So, I would say au revoir and merci beaucoup. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Ty. We, we We really appreciate thanks, it. Man. We can't wait to have you back on in the near future. Thank you. Okay. All right. Have a great night. Bye. Have a good night. Enjoy. Bye-bye. That was Monique herself, Diane Frank. Listen, she started off the French accent, Jeff. I lost it. Oh, yeah. Came right out of the, right <laughs> out of the gate with it. Wasn't messing around. Was not messing yeah. around. Great. She's fantastic. What, what, a, no. what a bundle of positive energy. I gotta love it. She's, she's still so bubbly. I absolutely love yeah. it. And listen, for uh, everybody that's out there, check out her daughter, Olivia De Laurentiis. Uh, you can check her out on, on Twitter. You can check her out on YouTube. She's also doing some movies as well that her mother has starred in a few of them. So check it out. I mean, we love to uh, you know, support the youth that are up and coming and uh, doing some great things. But how cool is it that she was up for Terminator? So I'm going to guess it was Sarah Connor. She was up for Allie and Karate Kid, which went to Elizabeth Shue. And then she was up for Amadeus, man. How awesome is that, man? 
That is pretty awesome. It's great to have those those kind of chances. Um, it's exciting to have her on. Oh, man, she's just great. The one thing she did miss, and correct me if I'm wrong, she never gave us the title of the book, did she? No, she said she's not going to. She said she's not going to give yeah. the title of the book away yet, but... For all of our listeners, you can check out her first book. It's on Amazon right now, and it's called Diane Franklin, The Excellent Adventures of the Last American French Exchange Babe of the 80s. And uh, I haven't read it. I know some people who did, and I heard it's very, very good. So uh, definitely going to try to pick that up, man, and uh, it'll be some good, good stuff. So thank you to Diane Franklin for joining us. All right, so Jeff, time to throw you out in the spot. We talk reboots, we talk remakes and how we hate them. But my question to you is, what movie or television show would we like to see make a comeback? So which one would you be pumped to see come back? Now, um, same actors or, or different actors playing the role? Any, whatever. Whatever. Uh, we're, hmm. we're game for both, man. It's a tough one. Um, giving it a shot and giving how daring it was back then and how daring it could be now... I'd like to see somebody take a crack at all in the family. Um, you know, it's just so many great topics that were discussed that had to be discussed. And it was a shocker back in its day. It made people say, oh, my goodness, they said this and they said that. Now you have a little more range to say that stuff. I said they lay it out again and uh, try it in the modern era and uh, see what they can get going. Now, do you really think they could? Because there was a lot of racist stuff on that show, dude. There was, and you know what? Nowadays... So much stuff gets said, and everybody, you know, gasps at it the day after. The, the moment of, they're they're laughing about it. They're putting it on Facebook. Oh my God, he just said this, and this show just said that. Let's face it, we all like a little shock. We all like a little controversy. Racing is touchy subject right now, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to rally around a show that that's racist, but just to see what it could do, do to kind of poke fun at us as people that we are. Uh, and the way we overthink things and oversell things, I think it's worth the stat. Now, you see, now, I kind of feel like that's blackish on ABC. Um, and I think they do an, an absolute phenomenal, phenomenal job with the way they do it and handle it. I don't know if you've seen it, but to me, it's kind uh, of like an all in a family with an African American family. That's That's how I feel. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. I've seen a little bit of it, and that, that does make sense. Yeah. Good analogy. Yeah, it, it, it would be interesting to see them actually come back and do something like All in the Family, but I think they kind of possibly did with Blackish. Um, check it out. Check it out if, if you haven't seen it, man. I, I think they do it, and I think they do it brilliantly, and I think they make fun of everybody. You know, I know when Blackish first came out, they were a little like, oh, they're just going to make fun of white people. Here we go. And no, not only do they make fun of white people, they make fun of black people. They make fun of Spanish people. They make fun of Asian people. They make fun of everybody, but they do it. To me, they do it in a classy way. And I think that's what makes it such a, a phenomenal comedy. And I think that's what made All in the Family a phenomenal comedy as well, is that they did it in a good way that for back then – you can get it past the masses, just like Blackish does. That's how I feel. What about a movie? Oh, like a movie? Oh, man. Um, movies are tough. Um, movies are very. I gotta tough. say, <laughs> yeah. With all the with all the reboots that are getting done now, I kind of 
I kind of take a knee with movies and just let it flow because <laughs> anything you say is eventually going to get redone, it seems like. So um, any movie I love, I think pretty much leave it where at. And I must uh, maybe try uh, another crack at uh, like Goodfellas, something like that. Something I love and see if anybody else could possibly touch the the original. But uh, not yeah. too much movie-wise. TV, I'm sure I can think of more, but uh, movies, not so much. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was thinking about that myself because we're so hard on the remakes. We're so hard on the reboots. And I got to say, if I went TV show, it probably would have been Full House, which they did with Fuller House, and I absolutely love it after the first season. Movies? <sighs> I can't say much about it because, listen... I love Big Fat Greek Wedding. I never thought that they would make a number two or they should make a number two, and then they did make a number two, and I just watched it a couple of days ago. And it didn't have the same clout as the first one, but I absolutely loved it. I think they did it in a good way. The original cast was in it from from everybody from the first one was in the second one, which was so cool to get that whole cast back together after, geez, probably almost 17 years it came out ago, the first one. And I thought it was it was it was phenomenally done, but other than that, I can't really think of anything that I would love to see rebooted. If listen, if Dom DeLuise and all of these other people are alive, and this was 1990, 1989, I would have loved to have seen a Cannibal Three, Cannibal Run Three. Okay. okay. But now that they're talking about rebooting it with new people, no, it's gonna kill it. Don't yeah, do it. It was all about. It was all about the Burt Reynolds and Don DeLuise thing. Just a bunch of actors set off, set off of it. So, hey, who yeah. takes the lead role now in a modern day? It's, Listen, I don't like it. I'm going to tell you right now. Nobody in a movie altogether could be as funny as Burt Reynolds, Don DeLuise, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Jamie Farr. Oh, I, I mean, come on. It, it was just a phenomenal cast. And then, you know, even looking at the second one, they added Shirley MacLaine, Catherine Bach, uh, Telly Savalas. Sid Caesar, uh, you know, Tim Conway, Don Knotts, who had some cameos in it, uh, Tony Danza, Jack Elam. I mean, you, I mean, you could go through the entire list of both n- movies. And to me, it's like the Marvel Infinity War movies that are going to be coming out. The cast was phenomenal, and how in the hell did they pay that cast, man? I know, right? Just the way we're looking at these Marvel uh, movies, and uh, it's great. It's great when they all come together for uh, yeah. one big movie. You kind of hope that everybody just takes their little piece and just wants to be a part of it. I'm sure they did, but with the movies today, I don't think they will, man. Everybody wants the millions, dude. Everybody yeah. wants the millions. Sure. It would be it would be great if we could find out how much each actor made on Cannonball Run. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I, I doubt it, but that would be pretty neat to see. I wonder if there's a way to find that out. Hmm. We'll find out. Or we won't find yeah. out. I'm going to type oh, in right now Google. I just did Cannonball Run salaries to see what, <laughs> what actually popped up. And nothing popped up. But anyway, it'll be good, good times to find out if we can see that. So, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's a short one tonight. Diane Franklin, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately for her. She's getting to see her son play, which is awesome in Boston. But unfortunately for us, we didn't get to uh, have her here as long as we wanted to. And uh, we tried to fit in a lot in about 15, 20 minutes with uh, Diane. But she will be back. I guarantee you that. She will be back. I'm talking to her right now in text message. She said she'd love to be back. So we will do that in the near future. And Jeff had a good idea. We may be bringing that to you real soon. We're not going to tell you what it is. 
But we might be having a game show here soon. But we're not going to tell you what it's about. I like it. I think that would be fun. I think it would be fun. Yeah, put on my uh, game show host voice. Hey, it's time to play Stoop Trivia. That's terrible. terrible. Let me ask you this. In the 80s, around 86, 87, Gloob came out with a game. Let me see if you remember this. And it was creepy as hell. It was called Mr. Game Show. Do you remember Mr. Game Show? Not really. No, Mr. Game Show. Oh, no, well, really. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a picture of it. And I'm actually gonna find the YouTube video and send it to you, man. My uncle had this, and I was a kid, and we had it in the basement, and sometimes it would go on by itself, and it creeped me out, oh man. It creeped me out, <laughs> and big mouth, and it was just a guy standing there with on a podium holding a microphone, and his mouth would go, ha ha, I'm Mr. Game Show, and man, it would ask you questions and stuff. Man, creepy as all hell when you're a kid. So I'm going to send that to you in just a little bit so you can be just as creeped out as I am. And if anybody here remembers Mr. Game Show, send us an email on uh, stoopradio.com because not many people remember it. Galoob made it. Uh, uh, Probably 1986, 1987. I see the picture. It's got a little uh, Wink Martindale kind of resemblance going on here. Uh, Wait until you see it in action on YouTube and hear it. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm scared. Creepy, creepy, freaking creepy, dude. Well, guess what, dude? We got a lot of great guests coming up. I mean, we always have a great guest here, but we have a lot of great guests coming up. So on July 28th, this Thursday, we're going to be joined by musician Erica Chase, and we're going to listen to her latest single, Paris. And then on August 4th, pumped for this one, man. The talented, beautiful, just awesome Erin Hayes will be joining us. August 4th, she stars... And the new CBS television show, Kevin Can Wait with Kevin James. She plays Kevin James' wife in the show. Uh, you could also have seen her on Children's Hospital on Adult Swim. And then August 11th, uh, musician Eddie Mann, straight out of Philly, will be joining us. We're going to listen to some of Eddie's music. And then August 29th, uh, excuse me, 25th, it's a night with Lilith. Yes, Lilith from Lilith of the Night is going to come back here. And we're going to debut their brand new album. We're going to play four tracks from it right here. On the stoop. And the four tracks, Insanity, Matriarch, NHS, and Formaldehyde. We're going to play it right here from their newest EP, Insanity EP. Man, we're pumped for that one, dude. That That's huge. Um, she's phenomenal. And uh, I'm going to say this on the air. I'm going to say it on my Facebook page. I'm going to tell everybody I know. A lot of people that are starting to sniff around the show and watch and listen, um, I mean, man, that Lilith is gorgeous. That Lilith is talented. When's she going to be back? Well, here it is. She's going to be back. We're going to have a night full of Lilith. Some of my friends out there who uh, want to experience it live can. And, um, we're going to shove it down your throat and remind you. You need to come out and, and uh, join us and support her because she is an outstanding talent. Good friend of the show, too, and a wonderful person. You'll, you'll hear it on the 20th. Yes. Yeah, she's a very, very good friend of ours here. And uh, it, it's great that... We got to play their music for the first time here in the U.S. And this album, which is just going to be coming out probably that day, the day before, it's going to instantly be debuted here in the United States exclusively on the stoop. So excited. Love it, man. Very exciting. All right, man. Well, that's it for tonight. And you know what, Jeff? Monique spoke to us in her French accent. She sure did. It was a... uh... 
80s babe night, as we kind of figured it would be, and she proudly called herself an 80s babe, and we reminisced on some of our favorites, and we got the French accent. It was phenomenal. Like I said, man, she did not play games, came right out with it, put it it right out. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So remember... Remember, 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 please visit our website, www.stoopradio.com, where you can listen to all of our past episodes of The Stoop, as well as tonight's episode in its recorded platform. And you can do it at Stoop Radio, and as always, facebook.com slash Stoop Radio, and on Twitter, at The Stoop Podcast One. Or is it The Stoop Radio One? I think it's The Stoop Radio One. Let me think. Yes, it is. The Stoop Radio One. The number one, not ON, the number one. If you listen to it in replay, you can fast forward through my voice. That's easily the best part. Yeah. Luckily, our fans <laughs> have that option. <laughs> not oh, for burn. 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 All right, man. Well, it's that time, man. It's uh, Monday in the stoop. It's over here. We only did an hour tonight only because... Diane Franklin can be with us for as long as we wanted. But she will be back. We promise that. And don't forget, this Thursday night musician, Erica Chase, the beautiful Erica Chase, the phenomenal Erica Chase, will be joining us. And we'll be listening to her brand new single, Paris. Looking forward to that show as well. So, for all of us here at The Stoop, for The Shark, Jeff Perini, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Thank you all so much for listening. Check us out at stoopradio.com, and we'll see you all Thursday. Have a great evening. See you Thursday.